This is the Bar Stewards Enquiry. You are talking absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. In, in what way? You are an underachiever in life. You were, I saved your bacon one time. You were gone. Well, I couldn't save you. I, I don't know if you are, but you said the right thing. But well, that's why you don't know anything about racing, John. I, I didn't say I do. Right? I'm saying that. What have what you contributed to racing? You are one of these take-out merchants. Take out all you can. And a very warm welcome to the Bastards Inquiry Weekend Podcast. We've got a great show for you this evening. My name is Lee Keys of systembet.co.uk. And sitting with me this evening is John Leng of John Joe's Blogspot on Facebook, as usual. And a very special guest for you tonight. A very big warm welcome to Zilzal89. Uh, this, this is a very, very shrewd handicap punter. Many of you that probably that listen to our show will know him from Twitter. Um, pre, Pre-COVID times, this man was going around the world more times than Lisa Stanfield and Alan Wicker and Acid. And when the jump starts, he turns his attention to a right few tear-ups with a Chelsea and Millwall at the Elephant and Castle with his beloved hammers. Welcome, Nick Davis. <laughs> Tear up. Bloody hell, you're going back. That was pre-ICF, that was. I don't even remember the ICF. Was that the days of Alvin Martin? And, uh, yeah, just before Alvin Martin. That was Frank Lampard, Billy Bonds. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I was only about 15, 16 there, so I, I tended to, uh, you know, just, just cheer the lads on. Yeah, classic, yeah. Doing well, the Hammers, though, lately. I mean, last season, it was, it was a good finish. Well, it was a very big surprise, and... Uh, May the uh, may it continue, but I'm not holding my breath. I mean, <laughs> at least we won something when I was young, and that meant something. For sure, yeah. John, how's your um, day been today? Had some very nice noodles for me tea. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> is, is that the highlight today? Absolutely, so far. Mm. What did you both make of um, Baid today? Nick, what did Nick? What did you think? Today? Oh, I was I was super impressed, as I said to you on Twitter. It looked, I mean, we haven't studied things, but it looked on the visuals that it made ground into a quickening pace, and yeah. that's one of the, that that was one of the key things. The way it did it, and then the way it went away. I said I haven't been more impressed from Myra for a good, good long time, and while we don't, isn't got the form in the book for top-notch company yet i'm pretty sure that style it did it in uh suggests that it is top class horse i mean haggis haggis hasn't well he's he's kept it obviously it's been a baby since it hasn't been started until june his career yeah so uh he hasn't wanted a rush he's given it a few races so we must think it was right backward but it's come on leaps and bounds, and uh, I'm looking forward to the QE2 if it ends up there. For sure. What a racing prospect that could be. Uh, let's hope that nobody's dodging um, what could be one of the races of the season. John, um, what what was your uh, take on it? I think it's a masterful training performance from the shirt um, with this horse. Uh, like you said, late, uh, like Nick says, late entry to the fold this year, and then... The way it's gone about its business has just been something to behold, even though he hasn't faced Group 1 level. What, what's your thoughts on him? I think Mr Haggis will be taking a trip down German Street and now they're in a chase of three. He's perfectly honest. I think that'll kick the living shit out of anything we've seen so far. 
I mean, that it's got the whoosh on it. I mean, when you you know when you I mean we all three of us have been in this game plenty of time now and and it, and you you just know you don't really have to sort of check times or check you know we could all put a rating on them or a speed figure or whatever but you just you, you just tend to know when you see something pretty special and I think I think this is it really but yeah it's uh, it's going to be some race to save if they all turn up in the, in the QE two. Um, Re Goodwood this week, John. Me and you touched on um, obviously the over overzealous watering policy of, of all tracks, really. But Goodwood seems to have carried on from good old Sheamus. Um and obviously we've been left with dead and soft ground all week. Um, interesting that there was an was there another one that broke down today. I'm not sure, was there? Um, yeah, Rochester House, I think, broke down. Oh, yeah, that happened. Going down the far side, it made a lot of it pulled its head off, made a lot of running, and then just I think it's I I, I think it's back for back back leg went. Yeah, I mean I mean it's I mean it's what it, I mean Nick I mean it's what me and John's been saying for sort of a, a good while. You know we can't remember sort of many fatalities at places like Bath that obviously don't water, um, and you know that the, yet yet. The media, the clerks, the trainers—they all seem to want this. You know. Well, maybe it's... maybe now it's the breeding. I mean, you know, I I started uh, uh, Clark Watch about 2008. Yeah. Um, but it's all about the perception now of everything. If if safety was the ultimate thing, they wouldn't have summer jumping. No, exactly. No, no, fair point. No, that that, that is that. Yeah, that's fair point. Well made. What I found interesting as well was when you did that um, going stick analysis from from you know you, you you documented it for the last ten years, and you sort of said why why say for Ascot for example, um, you know it's a it's a it's a well established track blah blah blah. Um, why are we like you said? Why are we still calling it good to firm? on say 7.8 when it used to be good to firm on like 9, 9.2, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And it's the same for a lot of tracks. There's very few, few tracks. No one's got back to me with an answer, which I'm not really surprised. Uh, mm. Turf track said we have noted that the, uh, that the going stick readings aren't what they were, but it's the same, you know, Australians said to me, uh, a few Australians said to me that they don't think the ban on, 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 well, the virtual ban, as we uh, as we call it, um, the Melbourne Cup and all that, is the Australians don't think our horses can act on fast ground. Yeah, no, so, uh, yeah, because I mean, having watched racing out there and looked at their sort of uh, penetrometer, the, the, the way they measure going, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a bit like they're they're good to firm and probably be like baths hard, you know. That it's it's kind of like you say, you go out yeah, there you often see readings of twelve point two and things like that they if they interestingly enough give a third reading for a shear which i'm not 100 percent sure on they usually give they usually give uh, a second and third readings for shear which we don't yeah i mean it might be interesting to think that further but i've been bashing my head with this watering thing for ages and i think that the trainers now you know they pressure the clerks and then we have all this well this this freakish weather which we get downpours which can turn good ground into soft ground within oh an hour. 
Yeah, I think that's the annoying thing that you could literally have a one downpour, you know, one and a half downpours, if you like, and it, it'll just you can see the tops coming off. Um, it's, I mean, watching Newmarket's first tonight, you know, is a classic example of that. You know, it's, it's, I don't think it's good viewing when you're seeing big divots fly up when it's supposed to be, you know, they've had a drought all summer down there. It's, I, I just don't like to see it. John, well, the original thing in the 70s was um, to water to promote growth of grass. Yeah. That was the original thing. If you watch Mark Prescott uh, in his interview, that was the original thing to promote growth of grass because if it, they have to go deeper, you get deeper roots. If you let it starve it for a while, a grass has to go, go into deeper. Uh, now it's very, very shallow roots and they usually say they kick the top off. Yeah. It's I, I think it's a big issue. It's a it's a big big issue going forwards. This, um, but like you said, I mean, is is this to do with 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 the breed? Then is the is the breed requiring this? Is it are they too heavy? Well, maybe we've had we've had you know Sadler's Wells generation passed down, and Galileo's like to get their toe in, uh, and there's there's not many. Uh, <coughs> if you want to send a fast ground, well, they go to Hong Kong now. Yeah. No, too right, John. Um, I mean, Ian Davis has asked a question. He says, he says basically, um, would you consider, in your opinion, would you consider water ground a safe ground? No, I wouldn't. No. Definitely not. Um, mainly for some of the reasons Nick highlights there when he says about the the root situation. You know, I mean, how can it be safe when you're racing around bends and they're knocking the top off like that? They're not getting any traction. No. I mean, I mean, it's, it's amazing as well. Uh, if you look now, um, certain tracks have started. I've had to sand the bends. Fontwell over jumps uh, have had to go to a sanded bend. Musselboro over jumps have gone to a sanded bend. Um, you know, and it, it just goes to show that obviously tracks that maybe just chuck a bit too much on maybe like Sponkwell obviously for its summer jump racing um you know obviously ruins the bend I mean <laughs> like we said John about the, the old, old Mel Britton uh rest in peace um you know used to bellyache like mad at Thirsk well at I Thirsk mean, he's came back from Thirsk to Northgate Lodge with injuries you know I mean it was Unbelievable, really. I mean, in Tech Father Five Show, making at thirty, you get told that we're off for six months when they're coming back, you know. Yeah. And it kind of explains as well if 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 you ever do draw biases at Thirsk, um, the in the inside at Thirsk, um, particularly when there's cut in the ground, um, is a terrible disadvantage, which tells you a lot that when obviously when they've been watering, etc. Cetera, etc., cetera, gets cut up very quickly on the inside. Um, and you know that's why when they all fan down the middle at first, you know that's the usual pattern, uh, a finisher's pattern down the middle, um, probably because the inside's been watered to death um, towards that bend. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very frustrating thing for punters, as, like, as, as we as us three can testify. Right, um, yeah, it has been quite on the questions front this week. Um, so we're going to move on to um, the tipping part of the show, which you'll be pleased. Um, we've not done too bad this week, John, really, on the whole. Catherine Fry's been desperate, I think. Uh, I, I feel for her because she's, had, she's not had much luck this season and she's suffering from the Jimmy Whites, it appears, at Galway. Yeah, has been. I mean, that first one... Um... Was a tremendous pick, wasn't it? Thirty-three to one plus. Yeah, about seventy-fives on the machine, I think it was. I think I got sixty summers. Uh, yeah. 
And he's, he, I think it's gone, according to Andy Richmond, it's gone, I think, just about sub two to one in running, turning yeah. for home, you know. So. Tremendous pick. And then the other night, a pick the other night, a nap of the week, uh, got just ran into one. Um, I think that that was about sevens or eights on the off. Um, you know, so I, I feel for I feel for the last Catherine. If you're listening, I feel for you. you you've you've done well this week. Um, uh, me and Andy's done all right thereabouts. You you got kilted, John, with the placing of Austrian theory. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not been a bad week, but I mean, uh, we we bolstered the ranks for Saturday with Nick here because, um, like I said, Nick's opinion is much valued. So okay, guys, we'll kick off with the um, the first race to look at. Uh, we'll start with HQ. I know Nick's not um, not very keen on Newmarket Saturday, but we'll just cover the two off at Newmarket, and then we'll go to the main meeting. Um, that everyone's interested in uh, at Goodwood. Uh, so it's the 210, John. Um, it's the um, European Bloodstock Phillies Nursery Handicap yeah. um, uh, for six furlongs uh, on ITV. The 210 race, Symphony Perfect, his favourite. That was second in the Super Sprint. Um, five to one is available uh, for Richard Hannon and Pat Dobbs. Any views here? Well, um, there was two I was sort of interested in, actually. Um, Cashew. <clears throat> A friend of mine has a share in there with Harry Herbert. Yeah. I don't know if uh, he's finding that good fun or, or not. But I mean, whenever he, whenever he goes racing, he has plenty of fun as a role. So I don't suppose uh, Harry will be able to drag things down too much for him. Um, I thought this did well at Haydock when, when she won there. And uh, I, I was actually speaking to Tony about it, and I thought, they might have actually hung on for the six furlong nursery at York, but I think the fact that they're coming here, the horse is, I, I know for a fact the horse is in terrific nick at the minute. Yeah. And uh, as good farm on soft, albeit Haydock soft, which could be bollocks, as we all know. <laughs> I, I, I think that's got a race of this nature in it off this mark, no question. Um. The other one I was interested in was Between the Sheeps, which is quite appropriately named. It's Haley <laughs> Ding Dong. <laughs> now, this might have been looking for a mark. And as I said, it's very aptly named. So I've never met a Haley that couldn't shag like a Comanche, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, that would have, we got, have we got good solicitors here? Uh, <laughs> not really, no. um, uh, this is tame. <laughs> Yeah, that would be my saver, I think, but I, I do fancy Cashew. Yeah, I mean, I see where you're coming from between the sheets because definitely that has more to come. Um, I'm not sure how busy that's actually been, John, between mm-hmm. the sheets. So the def- the, the, uh, Christopher Wright is definitely playing for a mark there. Um, but um, Cashew, yeah, I mean, per- perfectly feasible is that. Um, born to see on the damn side, um, kind of like that. Um, and the favorite symphony, um, symphony perfect. Um, he's by fa- uh, sorry, she she's by fast company. And what I looked, I, I looked at the action because obviously, if it does, if it does go soft tomorrow, which could do, you know, you, I don't know what's coming tonight and tomorrow morning. Um, I'd just be a bit wary. Fast company is normally like a bit of cut in the ground, but I didn't see anything in the action, it's quite floaty. Um, and and that would explain why they've gone to Bath uh, twice, 
Uh, and, you know, Chepster was quite lively that day it ran when it was second. So it's interesting that, that they've, they've hardly looked for soft ground uh, with her. Um, and her action worries me if it does go soft, even though she's by fast company, because there's no, it, it she's very floaty, floats on the ground, if you like. So Symphony Perfect's got the form, obviously, second in a super sprint, good form, go bass acquitted itself well at Goodwood this week but as I said I, 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 it's not a race for me um, and I agree with John there a couple, a couple of interesting ones in Cashew and between the sheets right we'll quickly move on to the 245 um, oh sorry Nick did you have an opinion there I don't think you did from what you were saying I don't think you did the uh, 210 no I haven't done any new market ones I didn't like them no not right fair enough so 245 race John um, we're left alone for the punters to press the pink. It's the uh, Chalice Stakes, a listed affair. Uh, Sadar is the current market leader at seven to two for Charlie Appleby. Um, Save a forest in there, and yes, yes for for Rafe and Ralph uh, training partnership at eleven to two. Any views here? I think it's a pretty shocking hate in all honesty. Um, the the thing I, I did think to myself, I thought there was one or two trainers these fillies spunk in some workable handicap marks by running in this. Um, mm, yeah, I, I got I got the same feeling, yeah. You know, I mean, I was thinking, well, portfolio could probably have won another handicap before they started the quest for black type. I mean, Grady Betty never sells anything anyway, so, I mean, I don't know why they'd be worried about her value as a broad mare. She's only going to break from her anyway. Um, the one I was... Interested in at the prices was Sherbert Lemon, who's kind of already done this when she uh, won the Oaks Trail at Lingers. Yep. Which maybe sprung a bit of a surprise, but you know she she's got that in the tank, and uh, I think fourteen to one's quite sporting against some of these. I think she'll be ridden fairly handy. Won't be bothered if it pisses down, and. Uh, I think one's really fair against handicaps stepping up. Good stuff. I mean, I'd also say, I mean, to, to folks out there, especially if the uh, the rate that the, the heavens start to open, because when when she bit she beat the market leader Saver Forest uh, yeah. in that in that Lingfield Oaks trial, obviously on soft ground. So basically, if the have a weather watch, you know, she's not going to start 14 to 1 if, if 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 the ground at Newmarket does end up soft tomorrow. Um, so keep your eye on that. So, yeah, good value perk there, John, uh, John with the Holly Doyle in the plate. Um, for me, um, I, I, I'm very keen on a, on a, on a filly of Rafe Ralph's. Uh, yes, yes. Um, I, I think she's, I think she's really smart. Um, a debut win for me was probably um, uh, discredited, if you like, uh, the, the racing post gave her eighty six. I think she's better than that. Um, she certainly proved that last time. I think that's a good race, um, and good and good strong form. That beating fantasizing. Uh, the summer summertime romance was third of Marco Botti's, and that actually got a lesser racing post rating than on its debut. Well, that's that's impossible for one of Botti's because they always need a run to Marcos. So. I, I, I think that's strong form, uh, but like John's, John highlighted at the start of the preview of this race, um, there's a lot of fillies in here that they've, they've kind of all just ruined the marks. It's just quite boring because whatever finishes first and second in this ends up going up £10, and then that's it from a punting aspect. So it's a bit, bit of a boring race. So yes, yes for me, 
slight interest at around the 11 to 2 mark. And uh, Sherbert Lemon for John, been there, done it, he says, at 14 to 1. Right, we'll move on to uh, Goodwood. Um, we've got five races on ITV there to finish uh, the uh, Quattari's uh, Festival. And the first race of the day is the seven furlong race at 120. It's the uh, Thames Materials Handicap. Spirit of Bermuda heads the market at 9-2 to two for the Shagging Shirt and Tom Marquand. I'm going to come to you, Nick, because obviously you've been quiet because we've been blattering on about Newmarket. What is your thoughts on the 120, please? I think it's a very good race, actually. I can see any of the first three in the market win. I mean, Goodwood's a place that has, the, what, I think, one of the most closest finishes, if not in the country, the aggregate of the finishes. You have the closest finishes in the country. So I like a horse that can travel uh, and has got a, a bit of a kick to it. Uh, and I'm going to go with Master Zoffany. Uh, he could be three from three, Odie. He travelled really well uh, second time out over Haydock, over eight furlongs, looked all over the winner, didn't quite get home in the Haydock slop, and rectified that at Chester. I think he could probably get himself out of trouble with his toe, and he's the biggest price of the three on offer, I think, at the head of the market. But I think this is a good event, and winners will come out of it. Yeah, um, it's fair, fair shout. So that's Massazophony for Nick, uh, around the 7-1, to one, I believe, best price for Richard Fay and Paul Hannigan. Uh, John, have you got um, the crown jewels in this? I've got the crown jewels in it, but I think I've got a fair, fair value Okay, um, under freedom of Henry Candies. Uh, this this has caught me eye twice now in this season. Two runs at Sandown over seven. Uh, the first time, she uh, the horse was pretty free. Um, only got beat three three parts of a length. Um, the time after the obviously the plan was to get the horse settled, and. That's never really a, a good idea at Sandown because you end, you end up getting a ship position and it's hard to make up ground. And that that was the case there, very much so, I thought. Yeah. Well, fancied that day, but, you know, I think circumstances conspired against the horse. This might suit better because I think there'll be a fair bit of tag on here. And I think Josie uh, will probably have a fairly easy sit in the three box. They'll fan out nicely for her because they'll cut. Right across the track, and uh, I can say this doing fairly well to be honest tomorrow. Good stuff, John. Run to freedom, price under pressure, folks. Uh, being well supported, uh, the 10 to 1 starting to also become under pressure. Um, John makes the case that that uh, taking a grip at Sandown and, and obviously being held up um, is not the ideal scenario. I completely agree with him. Ryan Moore's done plenty of that there. Well, well berthed in stall three. Uh, good selection, John. Um, I'll be I'll I, I'll play blogger and the stallion in this one, and um, I'm I'm going to go for obviously she did me a lovely turn at Newmarket last time. Uh, Spirit of Bermuda. Um, she, you know, I think I think obviously the form's there to see. Rising stars come out and won at Musselboro, obviously in a weaker race, but did it nicely at, at, on Sunday. Uh, and Spirit of Bermuda um, and and the Botties Philly had the race between them from I think from two furlongs out. So. I think there's more to come from Spirit of Bermuda. I, I did make that comment last uh, uh, 
at Newmarket. I think there's a lot more improvement to come from her. Um, I'd like to think she gained the 90s. Um, but again, you know, the price again is, is seven or two. You know, I'm, am I jumping in? Am, am I saying I'm having a good bet? No, but that would be be my choice. So, Spur Bermuda for me, Masters Offany for Nick, and uh, Run to Freedom uh, for John, uh, the biggest price of the trio at 10 to 1. Okay. We'll go to our second race of the day. It is the Univet Stewards Sprint Consolation Handicap. Obviously, for the ones that didn't quite make the big one, uh, very unfortunate. His first folio and James Ferguson. That that would have been the only th- uh, the only three year old to make the Stewards Cup this year. Uh, sadly, didn't quite make the cup. Um, but he's five to one strong market leader. Nick, view on this. Yeah, nothing original. I mean, these kind of races, you look for three types of horses. One that used to be good and has regressed but might have come back. One that always runs well in Bethfields and the progressive one. Uh, I've nothing original. This pace, I think, all over the uh, course here. And I'll probably just, you know, I'm just sticking with Kimmy Five for a place. It'll probably run out in the fourth or fifth. Uh, He's got the apprentice on it. It's, It's on a winning mark. I think it either needs a fast run six or a slow run seven. Uh, but there's nothing really confident in it. Like I've looked I've looked up and down and nothing really think. But Kimmy Five, which give you a run, may run in a place at a big thing and one day it might forget and stick its head in front. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good angle you mentioned because obviously, like, sometimes I think everyone's obsessed with backing winners and, you know, but, but it's something I utilise a lot on the exchanges. Um, if you've got a horse that... that if you think it's got its right conditions, i.e. strong pace, you know, but it's a bit of a thinker, a bit of a twice, it gets there and messes. They're fantastic in the place markets, you know, it's all day long. Um, you've got a good claimer in the saddle there as well, taking the five off. Um, and right, I need your help here because statistically, it's a great draw is sort of like the low, the low numbers in, in sort of big field sprints at Goodwood. It, it, historically, it's good. Um, in fact, just looking recently, on ground softer than good, so any going description with ground softer than good, um, stall 15 and above at Goodwood is one from 80, it, it, with 16 or more runners. One from 80, um, which I just found amazing. And the, the last one to win was Jenky back in the Stewards' Cup in 2009. Um, stalls one to 12, uh, 11 from 156, they beat 57% of runners, so it marries up. It marries up, it basically, you should be low. However, I'm confused, Nick, because the nursery, uh, which was quite a large field today, six furlong race, it was dominated by the high numbers. Yeah, that was that was strange, but I noticed a lot of them went to the center, no one went to the far side, right? It, it, yeah. Sometimes these draws can be a bit. If they don't reach, it's like it's like ripping. <clears throat> if they've got enough stalls to fit over the far side, it used to be the far side. But if you've only got a 10, 11 runner field, no one goes there. They come, they migrate to the middle or come stands. Yeah. Often these things can uh, play out. I mean, not saying a, a high draw can't win, but I'm just thinking that if they don't go there, you don't know. And it's often yeah. where the senior jockeys are. If a senior jockey's in the middle and go and takes them far side, a few, a few will go. But often, often if a, a young apprentice out there, he'll want to go where the main people are, not to look an idiot. Yeah, yeah, fair point. Um, so it's going to be interesting tomorrow. John, um, what uh, did you think to this? 
And as I was sat there this morning watching Lara Tobin on GMTV giving me the gently God pulls a weight of bigs with banana flavoured milk on and doing some pace analysis on this race. And I've kind of convinced myself that Mr. Waggio is going to give the near side a bit of a pace advantage. So then I started having a look through the near side horses at which ones were likely to handle the ground and which ones so and so forth. So I've come up with a, a short list of four here. Um, National League, Fahey, Indian Creek for Mick Windmill, Abel Kane for Rod Millman, and Abduction for Fahey again. And I've backed all four. <laughs> and I'm going to have an exotic track cast on them as well. So it's it's so it's abduction uh, for Richard Fay. Yeah. Uh, we've got. Uh, I'm just trying. I'm, it's such a big yeah. field. Uh, uh, got, that's the league. Yeah. So the yeah. two of yeah. Yeah, two of Abel Kane, which was two three last time. The personal this has no end at all in in this race. I, to be honest, that, that's the one I fancy out the lot. Oshin. Oshin at forty. Ran, ran for Rod Millman. Yeah. Um, and the other one is Indian Creek for Mick Windmill. Um, seems this year to be an absolutely firm character for Wayne Gelbid, that one. Um, so I, I think that's open to improvement. National League's a bit quirky, but travel's like a travelly thing. And uh, abduction, the three-year-old with a lot more to offer, I think. So while it, it looks a bit scattergun at first, uh, I have, I have given this a fair bit of thought, and I, th- I think uh, I think that if you look at the best prices, the, the shortest price one's twenty first to one. So, some some good choices there, big odds, John. Um, yeah, yeah, like them. Um, I, I I felt it was tough. I mean, obviously the three year olds are all interesting because it, the three year olds have got such such a good record in the Stewards Cup. Mm. Um, so why would they not have a good record in in a consolation? Absolutely. But, Obviously, one of them's Fav as well. I'm not really interested at five to one for the Fav. Um, just again, something for me I thought really was interesting. Treacherous um, is two from two here. Um, obviously, loves this gasol where they, where they sometimes can go too hard. It's a pick up the pieces kind of horse. He's treacherous. Loves loves a good pace to run at and then just sluices through them strongly on the bridle. And I did like the fact it was Alicia Whittington off and Ross Ryan on. So sorry for being sexist there, but um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm I'm more than happy with the jockey uh, switch for Treacherous at at twenty to one. So we'll move on from uh, the big six furlong stewards consolation to um, quite a valuable handicap, the mile and six summer handicap, a hundred thousand pounds guaranteed, which is decent prize money in uh, lean times. Can only be said for some of these big flat handicaps this season, which have been a disgrace. Uh, my Frankel heads the market quite surprisingly, John. Not sure he likes the digging the ground at 13 to 2. No, I'm not either. I mean, to me, this house has a big, big performance in him at some point. Uh, whether this will be here today, I don't know. Um, I definitely think he's going to prove better than 100 horse. I think he, he's still immature for me. Um well, a lot of people thought he, he ran quite well at it. I thought he ran in a fairly immature sort of manner. He kept dropping a bit and what have you. And he, he, he was looking about a bit. And I think 
you might not even see the best of this house till next year. But um, this could actually be run to suit him. It could conceivably drop in his lap if Ryan does as I expect and drops him out. I think there's, there's enough kilt action in this race um, with two horses that have shown their absolute best when they've been from the front. That's the Trader and Hockfield. I think there could be a stinging gallop on here, considering the conditions. I, I think it might be a, a typical kilt brains out job. And uh, I, I think you're going to be wanting something coming from the back. And if my Frankel isn't suited to the ground, I think that opens it up for on to victory and win a clock in itself. Okay, okay. So my Frankel, as obviously John, regular listeners will know, is predicting a, a very big run. Uh, or a big pot for my Frankel at some point this season, but you know, win o'clock and on to victory. On to victory. The capital running in this, to be honest, like, I think it, it might be a case of desperation trying to pick up a penalty to get in the Aber because he's got well, he's got more chance of winning Eurovision than getting in the Aber at the minute. Yeah, no, fair point. Um, okay, John, uh, Nick, um, your, your choice here, please. Yeah, I went round and around this race from different angles. I mean, Johnson's got a good record in it, but Hockfeld hasn't looked the same horse this year, apart from a couple of runs. Um, I couldn't make a case for anything, really, but I have got a hunchy thing. Uh, in these times, sort of national hunt trainers have been there. King, he's done better on the on the flat this, this season. He's done a lot, a lot of the jumps. Yeah. And David Pipe is 43% of his flat runners in the last year and he's wow. got an ex-german here called lady killer at a massive price now it might be there just for the run but it's had a wind up and it says it's got the hood for the first time lady killer won a german group one uh i'm gonna german was it group one or group two or something like that uh it's been off for a long time this it's only had one run for hit for, for pipe about 300 days ago over hurdles and I thought, what are you doing here? Are you just doing this for uh, hurdles prep? But there's nothing really around this time of year for hurdles. Because usually, you know, the thing is, you've given them something for a month before a target over a different code. But I thought you're 25 to 1 here. And if, if you see money for it, it might well be a shout. He might be after the, you know, some prize money. He hasn't had many big profile flat runners at all on big handicaps. But he's still 43% over the last year seven winners from 16 runners so 25 to 1 could be another target somewhere but you never know good shout lady killer for uh, for david pipe adam kirby derby winning jockey uh 40 to 1 nick i think is available in places um so avail yourself of that like you said group three um uh, performer in germany and obviously now uh coming over in England with a wind up for the first time. Obviously, the hood to maybe settle the gelding, um, obviously chosen by David Pike. But very interesting stats there from Nick. Um, myself, I'm keen on Urban Artist of Huey Morrison's. Um, does I it get home, Lee, that? I thought, does it get home properly? Yeah, I think she does. I, th- I mean, she, she won over, um, obviously, a mile and a half last year. Um uh, she she was second to a good filly of Trace uh, called uh, Tracia of Joseph O'Brien's. I, what I like with this is Huey could have gone for the Lily Langtree, and he's obviously chosen not to. He's obviously chosen to drop her into a handicap. 
Um, and like, I, I just think that she could outrun her odds of she's, she's a price under pressure, nine or ten to one. But that form with Tribal Craft and Macawi at, at York is very strong form. Um, she's definitely worthy of a mark. Um, she she was third to Qatar at Pontif- Pontifract last time. Um, Golden Pass of uh, uh, Carlton Palmer's was second, and uh, Golden Pass beat Free Wind of John Gosden's at Newmarket in a listed event um, at the last meeting there. Um, it's strong form. Um, and I just like the fact that the handicapper relented a couple of pounds for Pontefract on good to firm ground, which I don't think suits. I think she wants a bit of cut in the ground. And don't forget, Oshin is riding for her grandmother, riding for his, his grandmother. Uh, <laughs> Oshin's gran owns this horse. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, he's going to be riding for his life. So I thought the mayor urban artist deserved a lot of respect. Um, do take your point a bit, Nick. You know, that the fact is, you know, will she see out uh, the mile and six properly? Um, she, she's, she's, a, she's a mayor that likes to go forward. She doesn't have to lead. Um, she likes to go forward. Another in here that I've got my eye on is Ade, because the, obviously this this is sort of like an Ebor trial for some of these. You know, you've got horses rated 100. Some of these might need to sort of win to, or, or run well to sort of sort of sort of get get in the Ebor. I mean, I mean, a day. It's hard for old me, event, isn't it? Yeah, um, a day. Um, I, I think wants good, wants decent ground. That was the most eye catching runner was a day in the John Smith's Cup. They, they absolutely crawled. Uh, Johnny Drama, obviously, in a better position. You watch a day come from the back. I mean, it was a great run. Um, and there's a lot of promise there in a day. But I, I, I just, again, I'm just not happy with the good ground. I think it's dead. It's, it's slow ground. It's not, you know, it's not not ground that I think this this wants sur- the surface on top, which is a shame. If the surface had been on top, I'd have been all over a day uh, to win this. But uh, sadly, it's not. Okay, hope that uh, point points you in the right direction. Uh, we've got a short price in the next. Uh, it's the three or five. It is the Lily, Lang- Lily Langtree. Uh, wonderful tonight. Obviously, a very very classy filly, um, winning the um, uh, the, uh, the Hardwick. I just lost, lost my words. Hardwick at uh, Ascot last time, beating Broom and Hookham, and now uh, takes her own sex on uh, with a penalty. Uh, for David Menwizier and Will Buick, four to five though, Nick. Is is the juice in that? Is it a banker or do we look elsewhere? Uh, well, you know me, I always try to look beyond. The only thing you say is all her runs have been on flat tracks, haven't they? All her, all her career. And this will be the first time of an upsy-downy, all-around, over-undulating thing. You don't know how she'll handle it. I mean... Second in, didn't handle Epsom that well. Hung around. If I had to have a bet, I'd probably go with the uh, nuts and hay down the bottom. Three-year-olds are getting weight off their elders this time of year over long distances. Looks to be slowly coming to the boil. Second to snowfall, good fur form. Uh, And a big price. I mean, it's not a confident thing, but... Regarding the favourite, she should win, but the track's different, completely different from she'll ever seen before. That's the only thing we're there. Very true. I mean, good, good. Word. I mean, there, there was a horse I backed uh, the other day, just didn't didn't handle it at all. Coming coming round the bend and down the hill, just didn't handle it. And like you say, it's it is different from your from your lovely flat galloping bowls 
that um, that the favourite's been on. That's something you might want to consider if taking a short price, maybe. Obviously, she's the best on form. We can see that. That's why it's, why she's four to five. And obviously, the long-term plan for her will be the arc again. So, yeah, but divinely for Nick at uh, sort of a value price. But, you know, like Nick says, it's, it's, it's one of those races where, you know, you could see the favourite winning easy if she handles the track. Um, if she doesn't divinely, maybe may I'll take advantage of that. John. Your choice. Lift her home, Will. Lift her home. <laughs> it's all going off. We're living our best life. <laughs> he's dancing. He's dancing. Look at him dancing. Sorry. Is, is, that, is that a prediction for a certain Twitter account tomorrow? I think he <laughs> Yeah, it's very blog, I bet that, isn't it? You know. oh, bollocks on job, isn't it? Yeah, I can see him with the selfie. Two out. Lift him, Will. Lift it. He'll probably even get it wrong like I've just done. He'll probably say lift him, not lift her. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like you say, it's a, any, any selection, John? Yeah, the same. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. What else can you do? But it's like you say, I, I, I'm in Nick's camp, to be honest. Um, I'm I'm probably, it could be a gin and pit and just just oh, watch. I might, I, might, I might do a bit in running, but. Asking for trouble, in it, betting it. A good class of pate. Go to go to MNS or waitress for some some decent pate, some duck pate or something like that. I don't know. Um, right, three forty at Goodwood. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Stewards Cup. We saved the best to last. Um, the price, though, gents, is under pressure. Um, but well, well, I I must guilty yesterday to as soon as I saw it got trap one <laughs> I was out faster than tree trunk with the local authorities petty cash tin down to Greg's to grab the 66 <laughs> to one uh Ostelio I've 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 it's been a little project of mine I've I've kept an eye on uh and the fact that the trainer has chosen stall one you look at Red Car last year. Left, he, was, he had the the, the uh, running rail to his right hand side when Thrasher had him at um, uh, Ascot last time. He pulled him out and he hung a bit to the uh, to the right. I think um, he's got these. He's, he's one of those that's, that's got the back class and he's had those those runs over seven, then dropped to five, and today's six. If I had to be picky, I wouldn't want the jockey on. And I may want a tongue tie, but you can't have everything at that price, I'm showing you. No. So, Ostilio for Nick. John? Well, what can you say? Here we go. Get the claxon ready. I think we needed, I mean, I needed any one of these ding dong claxons or these these things that you've got, these sound effects like ding dong. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm sorry about the price, but rather rather like Nicholas, I had to get involved this morning. Yeah. Uh, uh, the 66 with Corals didn't, well, I don't think it lasted until I finished the phone call, to be honest, but there we go. Right, Ostilio, 33 to 1. Uh, you can still get 40 to 1 in one place, Sky Bet. Sprint away, take it. Um, this horse, uh, for me, is has been primed for the event. You can just absolutely tell. It's, it's typical Midgley. Needed the first run. Shaped well at Newcastle, again in adequate five, not not even knocked about. Was out of its ground, shaped well late, finished late. 
now up to six. It's always been keen for Crisford. Um, you know, so you've got weight off for nothing from the start of the season. I think this the strongly run six would be absolutely perfect. The one the one negative it's got Thrasher Morris on board, you know, it's terrible. you know, agricultural, you know, rubbish jockey, but it will do. 33 to 1. It's a bar steward special, folks. You, we've not had one for a bit. This We've done it before with Storting at first. We've had some big specials this year. Um, 33 to 1. 40 to 1 in a place. Ostilio, get on. That's me, John, and Nick. All the lights are on. The, the green lights are on. The green lights are on. We've done it. So Ostilio is a bar steward special, to, hopefully. Beans on toast at three fifty. Yes, soup for me. Uh, yeah, soup soup for me as well. If if beat, but yeah, Ostilio is the big one. Um, we hope you enjoyed the show, the three of us. Um, bringing Nick on's a pleasure because very very good judge, and um, I'm sure we'll get. get it's him a back pleasure on. to be on there again, Lee. Yeah, we'll get you back on again because it's your insights invaluable for some of the some of the big meetings. Um, so. Folks, we hope you enjoyed it. Me and John are back on Sunday with Lorne Marvo, Lorne Malvo off Twitter. Um, we, we're, we're back for a, a Sunday sermon to chew the fat. We're going to be bitching and talking about the ground, the racing league, all shit like that, and just slagging everybody off as usual. Uh, that's all from me. Uh, bye from Nick and John. Bye for now.